Good morning, everybody. I'm Charlie Fink with Ted Chilowitz. It's This Week in XR. Today is January 7th, 2022. Happy New Year to everybody. And it is the last day of a truncated CES, uh, which nevertheless yes. had lots of interesting XR news in it. And we missed the one truly great thing about CES, which is walking down the aisle and trying everything. Yeah. Putting them on, looking through them. There is no replacement for that online. Charlie, how many years? This is, I think, I am definitely over 20-year veteran of CES. Yeah. And I was thinking, 27 you know, years. 20, you're 27, I'm maybe 22, 23 years. Um, this is the first time in 22, 23 years that you know, we made a, a corporate decision, just like a lot of large corporations, not to send anybody in person. Um, and, uh, you know, I got some reports from the field and some pictures, and it was sort of an odd kind of ghost well, town. Wait, before uh, you jump into the show, I know we've yeah. got a lot to talk about. We've got okay. Taruki from Third Eye as our yes. guest. So let's not labor over the news too long because he's got a great enterprise success story and a new pair of lightweight glasses, uh, as, you know, many other people introduced at the show. Um, mm -hmm. This is our first sponsored show. Right. Verbella is sponsoring this week in XR. Um, you know, they're covering our costs. They're great people. We love them. We'll never say anything bad about them. <laughs> they're entirely unique. It is a 3D uh, teleconferencing and work and uh, large-scale conference uh, environment. Uh, you navigate it through a 2D screen, so anybody, you know, can do it. And, uh, you know, second life for business. Yeah. So, it's it's extremely popular and i'm happy to have their support so and a, and a nice evolution a yeah, nice evolution of our podcast what <laughs> it's a nice evolution of our podcast from the you know we're just doing this ad hoc to yeah. you actually finding a corporate sponsor that actually wants to help us and believes in our mission and um fits within the dna of you know what we're doing and the kind of stories we report on because their platform is largely one of these groups that that helps affect uh, you know, this this virtual world that we live in. So we're excited is, that they can it, help us. It is a growing corner of the metaverse and further evidence that we can have immersive technologies that are not tied to headsets. Right. That Absolutely. a 3D web could exist for all the users of smartphones without head-mounted displays. There's yes. truly, there will be lots of content that's way more amazing with a head-mounted display, mm -hmm. but you can't cut people off from the web if you really want it to be the web. So- Correct, ubiquity matters. Uh, Rubella, terrific product. Let's get to CES so okay, much. Okay, here we go. Uh, first of all, the weirdest year ever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you well. were following the Twitter, but I like the pictures of the empty cab lines, the empty yes. casinos, yeah. uh, the restaurants with nobody in them. Uh, yes. I talked to a bunch of people who were there, and the consensus was they were glad they were there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of them said it was too indispensable. So they were like the opposite of me, right? I felt like too few meetings, too much risk. They felt like have to have the meetings will tolerate the risk. Yeah, if you're on the vendor side and you're still trying to, you know, show your wares, and this is what you prepare for essentially all year to prepare for your year's you know, sales projections and sales dynamics, you still need to go. Um, the, the the Twitter feed I thought was sort of fascinating was there was one uh, poster that put a picture of every reference to metaverse uh, that floated <laughs> throughout the whole show um, just to get people's attention, which I, I am so happy to have missed that. 
<laughs> so um, let's let's get through the news. The uh, by the way, I thought they did a really creditable job for the first time that I've seen a large scale conference not muff their app and uh, you yes, know, I agree. Web presence. I think that they're using a platform called Summit Engine. It's from Web Summit, which is one of the probably top five international tech conferences right up there with Mobile World Congress and CES. So they've created this thing for themselves and now they're sharing it and licensing it to others. I think the UN was their first customer. So, uh, you know, that's a really interesting development. The guy, Patty Cosgrove, who runs it is a really, really interesting entrepreneur and he's made Web Summit a major business. So good on CES. And I think that was one of CNET's big takeaways was that, you know, for a lot of the content in CES for the first time, not being there and present, uh, you could overcome it. Um, the other thing CNET was talking about uh, is flashy laptops and TVs. There's always flashy TVs. Um, phones and 5G provided a media unofficial CES. I don't know what that means. Uh, smart, here's the one. Smart glasses could have an iPad moment in 2022. What do you think, Ted? Possible? 2022? Well, I mean, we all know what, you know, the the, the 800 million or let's call it the 3 trillion pound gorilla is uh, <laughs> holding their cards for. Um, will Apple enter into the market? What will they show? How will it present itself? Um, will it actually you know, cause that that moment where people go, oh, okay, I guess they're ready, so I'll I'll be ready now. Um, I I'll, I'll hold out. Um, I think again, I'm always a little longer on my time trajectory. Um, that yes, it, we it always overestimate the short term. Yes. Yes. Correct. So um, TechCrunch noted that connected fitness had a huge year. That mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, and. Uh, so let's get to the, the XR news from the show. Okay. Our friends at Mojo Vision have a AR contact lens. Yes. Uh, it doesn't do a whole lot. It helps the vision impaired. Um, and they're, they're iterating their way to uh, broader applications. Uh, and they're working with fit. They now, first of all, they announced another $45 million. I think that- right, they are, These companies are raising capital. Absolutely. Must, must bring their total haul to about 200 million. Yeah. Uh, and uh, their next application, or the one they announced at the show, was they're going to work with fitness brands. So following TechCrunch's prediction or uh, declaration of a big year for connected fitness, uh, here's more evidence of uh, well-funded companies moving in that direction. Yeah, there's another, and I have to dig it up because it's in my list of all the stuff I've been researching, but there's another um, contact lens company to cite something. Uh, so that they're, so Mojo is not the only one in the space now. There's another one that uh, yeah. entered same kind of dynamics of raising capital and a, a small little chipset inside the content. Their their um, discussion point was they actually have a soft contact lens substrate that will actually be comfortable to wear. I'll have to get the yeah. Uh, I heard that Bausch and Lomb also had a product that was actually powered by blinking. Uh <laughs> yeah, you know, people are working on the cutting edge of this stuff, so yeah. there'll there'll be an out there'll be an output of this over the over the coming years, absolutely. So uh, again, on the software, well, on the software side, not the uh, hardware side exactly. Mark, Microsoft is partnering with Qualcomm, yes, uh, on AR chips or for a uh, on chips for uh, glasses, presumably the Hololens glasses. Although maybe it's a 
a different kind of air glasses. I don't know. I haven't heard. Well, of they've that. always had that relationship with with Microsoft on the Hololens product, right? So this is an evolution of that. Yeah, now, I think this is really showing some good to muscle. do with um, you know Snapdragon Spaces and Microsoft Mesh. Mm -hmm. So um, okay, now what may be the biggest story? Sony confirms their placed VR two for right. PlayStation Five. Right. Uh, it's going to support haptic feedback, eye tracking. Uh, mm -hmm. It's going to be 4K uh, with um, 90 hertz frame rate. So that's industry standard foveated rendering. And a 100%, wow, 100%, uh, a 110% uh, degree field of view. Right. So those sound like some pretty great VR glasses. And the, and the one outstanding question is, tethered or tetherless, right? And uh, I think we make an assumption that it will be a wire connected to the PlayStation 5 unit, which I think both you and I agree, regardless of how good that headset is and how much fun it is to play those games on a PS5 is going to be a limiting factor. My instinct well, it is- it has no if, portability. Yeah, and it just it just takes, you know, we're, we're at a stage now where the viability of wearing a head-mounted display needs to not have a tethered wire to it. We're sort of entered that stage of, this is what the, the current state of usability and comfort and fun really is for that device. So my instinct is if PlayStation themselves doesn't come up with a wireless accessory, even if it's somewhat exotic price, the, the ultimate third party accessory will be like, remember when the Vive had, there was a bunch of third parties that did wireless. Someone's gonna have to figure out a wireless accessory so that you can have the PlayStation by your TV and often your sort of open area where you can do VR without the coffee table there and all the stuff there, you're gonna, that'll be where you'll want the wireless con Sony, you know, connection. Sony or maybe they're just holding that as the big secret as that, of course, it's going to be wireless and they'll have a wireless, you know, device that'll connect to your, to your well, PlayStation. That would, that would pose a serious challenge to the quest. Uh, other news, Vuzix introduces a new pair of smart glasses called the Vuzix Shield. And they won multiple CES Innovation Awards. Yes. Uh, they, it was, it was their coming glasses for a while. Mm -hmm. They were calling it their next generation smart glasses. Um, but the shield is for enterprise, right? A lot of what we see in AR today, of course, is focused on enterprise. And uh, Vuzix is a pretty big company. Yeah, I would say these are these are the serious cats with serious offerings, right? They are they're not in the playground like a lot of the other companies. They are focusing on enterprise use cases. Uh, much like they've our been at it for over 10 years. I yeah, mean, and they're, they're really working on this, right? And and their device is good. It makes sense. It's viable for a lot of these type of customers. Uh, and to the to that end, they're winning a lot of awards at the show because people are recognizing how mature this product category is now with those guys. Uh, at the third, third Eye, um, Nick Cherukey is going to be on in a little while. They introduced yep. a very uh, lightweight, uh, attractive form factor, uh, MR smart glasses uh, as well. So we'll talk a lot about that in a few minutes. Uh, Panasonic, uh, we've learned some more about their steampunk round. Yeah. Extremely cool uh, VR uh, head mounted display. And apparently it is going to be powered by steam. Mm -hmm. So it's a PC uh, VR headset, presumably tethered. Yeah, so it's, it's going in kind of the 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 the, the uh, after what comes from the index headset, which a lot of the gaming right. enthusiasts really dug. Uh, this is kind of a Panasonic attempt at 
touching that marketplace, which is a quite robust marketplace. If yep. you have the right yep. device. There's, there's over a million VR users of Steam every day. Yeah, and that, that style fits with that user, I think. So that's that's a probably a good choice. So um, we heard from DigiLens. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, these are the guys making low cost XR wave uh, waveguides. Mm -hmm. uh, DigiLens uh, is, uh, you know, just got $50 million from Samsung. So that is the source of all the rumors that Samsung has an AR uh, head mounted display for consumers. Right. Um, I haven't heard anything about that, but that's tantalizing because, you know, Samsung doesn't make a thousand or 10,000 or a hundred thousand of something. <laughs> yes, it's got to be in the millions to even get them started. And this DigiLens approach and their large investment allows the concept of ultra, ultra lightweight head-worn devices. Yes, the right? idea that it could really look like glasses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so HTC uh, taking a victory lap because they launched three headsets this year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, now they're they're back to you know they invented the pucks, which basically right, now they have this motion uh, yeah. trackers for anybody um, producing VR content. The uh, but now they've introduced a wrist uh, tracker, right? So that's going to allow them to be do even more accurate hand tracking, and obviously the entertainment act applications for those prosumers who do it. Uh, is you know truly fantastic. Consumers and the LBE side, the, 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 yes. those devices have always been used as this kind of consumer bridge into for LBE, and I think you're going to see some uptake on that as well. So last CES VR announcement, uh, Xtal, the companies that make the ultra high definition VR headset that you know makes you dizzy with its accuracy. <laughs> yes, you know was uh, has introduced the Xtal three. So that's another case of, you know, this, you, you know, every time I put this headset on, my mind has been completely blown because it truly is uh, photorealistic. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. This is on the ultra, ultra exotic side and it requires massive GPU power to run it. And, you know, these are really designed for flight simulators and for, you know, these. Yeah, well, the, the Air Force is their, their new best friend. Right. <laughs> right. All right, so that's the wrap up of this year, CES news. It sounded like we would have had a pretty good year for AR. I wouldn't call it the year for AR, but um, pretty encouraging, nice progress, uh, and uh, great to see so many companies hanging in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, well, let's bring in our guest, Nick Chiruki. Our guest this morning is Nick Chiruki. He's the founder and CEO of Third Eye. Uh, as I said a few moments ago, Third Eye has introduced uh, new MR smart glasses. Uh, so Nick, welcome. Uh, and uh, great to ECU. I gather you didn't physically attend CES either. No, thank you, Charlie, for your time. Happy to take part in this. And no, this is our first year we haven't been to CES. We've been there the past several years, um, but we're happy to uh, demo this uh, virtually. Yeah, we're, we're thrilled that you're here. We don't have many... Uh, people on YouTube, uh, but but put them on so we can get a look at them. They look great in the pictures. Thank you. Yeah, this, these are sleek, uh, lightweight versions. Um, and the main reason was we wanted to have our software work on a, a lightweight pair of glasses that can be worn all day. Um, and I put, so, put them on so that folks can take a look at them. So yeah. Kind of sense of what they feel sure. like. Yeah. So these are about 85 grams. Um, they have about a 43 degree field of view. Uh, they have a cable here that can be connected to your phones or a compute pack. Um, so 
we work closely with our partner overseas uh, to develop, to get our software ported onto these. And we're getting ready to feedback. Um, so one of the main reasons we developed, we uh, developed this total package solution is because we did have our X2 enterprise classes in market, which were all in one ruggedized classes that did not have any wired pack. Um, but some of the feedback we were getting, especially from the first responder space, and that was a big focus for us. We have our own telehealth software um, that we work extensively on, is they were looking for a lightweight solution that could be worn all day with our software. And that's one reason why we came out with this Razor package is uh, something that can be cheaper, more lightweight, and many of our enterprise customers can use um, all day now. Um, so while this has consumer use cases in the gaming and entertainment areas, we're still primarily looking at the enterprise space and having, having offering two solutions now, one all-in-one rugged enterprise, uh, ruggedized enterprise classes, and now one lightweight package solution. Um, so we yeah. can basically handle any type of uh, use case now. So, so Charlie and I are in, in pretty violent agreement that we think the first uh, dynamic and viable use cases for this are in across the enterprise sectors, light and heavy industry, healthcare, uh, see what I see type uh, functionality. Um, and it seems like you're bringing these in at a fairly low cost, um, which I think is exciting for both consumers and enterprise. And you have, um, from what I understand, a, a, a backend system of how you market and sell the software, which is likely you're going to be a real sort of profitability, right? It's not so much the front end device, it's the device connected to various software packages. Right, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's recurring revenue. Right. right? Exactly. It's, exactly. it's connecting, um, for example, healthcare workers with the right solution. And, you know, as an enterprise, they're willing to pay a premium for that because no one else is developing exactly what they need. Exactly. So what you said is exactly correct. And one of our main focuses is the telehealth space. So over the past couple of years, we've been working extensively with first responders in our local region and now nationwide. We have many of them on our team for how we could use augmented reality to help first responders in hospitals during the COVID uh, crises. So we developed our HIPAA certified Respondi software. What that enables is a first responder to wear the smart glasses and a, instead of a doc that speaking on the phone, explaining what's going on, now a doctor can securely see exactly what the first responder is seeing and bring up patient information, view a live temperature scan via our thermal accessories um, and bring up any other relevant information that's needed. And we, that's a recurring uh, monthly subscription. But what we're seeing is that within a couple of months or so of deploying our software, uh, hospitals are easily seeing the benefits and recouping the costs of deploying this technology because ambulances are able to come back quicker, about 40% faster is what we're seeing. That's they, a lot. They're, a, they're able to bring back higher risk patients to the ER now. So instead of the ER, ER rooms are very over, overburdened. So now they can bring back higher risk patients that the doctors uh, verify they need to see in person. Um, so this is a space that is our core focus. Um, we're one of the only HIPAA certified AR telehealth solutions in market. And we're actually the only AR partner with AT&T FirstNet. AT&T FirstNet manages all the first responder cellular spectrum nationwide so they can have very low latency video streaming. You don't want any lagging happening on a live telehealth call. So their uh, video streaming is much lower latency. So we're able to access their uh, 5G hotspots, bundle them with our software, with these glasses, and really offer an end-to-end -end telehealth solution that's pretty unique 
in the market. So we're seeing nationwide interest. We have major hospitals deploying the solution now, and we're seeing interest. We just had the city of Boston first responders uh, order a few of these glasses along with our software. So, so give us a sense. Give us a sense of the scale that you're talking about. Are you talking about that these glasses are now deployed in the thousands across the United States in the hundreds? Like, give us give the listeners a sense of the growth today and the growth potential of where, of where this well, is let's, going. Let's, let's be clear. I mean, Nick and Third Eye have been around for quite a while. For a number of years, right. You right. met at CES, I think in 2017. Right. And so you guys have been iterating your way to these glasses that they're not your uh, first, first product to market. Definitely. And we had we reoriented our focus towards the telehealth market as well over the past couple of years. And that is really becoming a core focus for us now from a product development and business development uh, side as well. So I think in terms of total uh, so total uh, glasses, we're in the high hundreds in terms of deployments, but now over the next, uh, this year and over the next couple of years with our focus on telehealth, with coming out with this lightweight bundle package, uh, we're seeing a lot of interest um, nationwide, especially through grant programs. So a lot of these first responders have access to grant programs where they're right. looking for technologies that can help make them safer in the field. And we're seeing there's some cities that just by themselves can deploy uh, in the thousands. So I think we're going to see a pretty uh, massive increase. And being really focused on this space, we really developed a customized solution, not a generic solution, but a really customized first responder solution that they're appreciating. And by having many of them as advisors for us, um, we're able to create something really tailored towards them to make them safer in the field and more uh, efficient. Uh, for telehealth yeah, and healthcare. It's really interesting to me that you're you're at such an early nascent stage, but you're actually seeing use case traction. So you're 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 the devices deployed are still the hundreds of units, which is extraordinarily small as you look at the entire healthcare, you know, ambulance and, and first responder Definitely. market. But this is kind of you know where Charlie and I sort of study our, our our worlds of study are at the very beginnings of something that is starting to become a desire point for an industry, right? And you're you're exactly. just at the inflection point of proving that. So from an investor standpoint, from a company standpoint, how large of a company are you? Are you able to sort of scale into that moment when suddenly people listen to this, get more press about you, and these various municipalities see the efficiency and say, we'd like to order a thousand of your glasses and deploy them across our whole network. Or maybe the next order is gonna be 10,000. Are you as a company ready for that? Is it is you know Are you in a ready state for that? That's a great question. And right now our team is about 50 uh, people, um, but we are uh, very close to closing um, some real, some strategic investment as well that can help scale us to do what you're saying, increase our support staff, sales staff. Um, in terms of manufacturing capabilities, uh, we're partnered with some of the leading companies worldwide for manufacturing these technologies. So we uh, would not have an issue there in terms of even manufacturing these in the thousands. There would be some lead time, but they have the capability of doing uh, very high capacity uh, monthly. Um, and in terms of the benefits, um, exactly what you said, like this is a, when we go to speak to a first responder demo to different first responders, this is the first time they're ever seeing augmented reality. Like they might've heard of Pokemon Go, but they've never tried on any smart Real mixed reality, right, right, so, right? Real mixed reality. So Nick, so, let me but, interrupt you just real quickly because I, I'm trying to break down the benefits in my head. And so we have see what I see, which is an obvious one, as you said, um, you know, adding video to the description of the situation between an emergency technician and a physician is critical. But there's also thermal scanning. And, and what else 
can, does the device do? Sure. So the main benefit is that it allows the EMT first responder to be hands-free, whereas before they might have to look at a manual or look at their phone. Now they can be hands-free with the smart glasses, which is really uh, highly beneficial for them. We also have a software app called Thermalize, where we can clip on an external thermal, thermal sensor, like a FLIR accessory, and then they can get a temperature heat map within a couple of the uh, Celsius um, uh, accuracy level. So this is great for even scanning behind walls, HVAC, as well as uh, getting temperature reading uh, from a distance where you don't need to be right in front of the person. And then you can scan a crowd of people. We also have image recognition capabilities. So the ability to look at uh, any person, any object, and be able to bring up relevant information next to that person. So we developed, with using artificial intelligence and TensorFlow, we developed an image recognition capability where you can train it to recognize any person or object. Um, and we do have some uh, software for also uh, vision impaired, so you can zoom in, out, have change the color of what, what you're viewing. Um, so we have different flashlight? We do have flashlight as well. So that's flashlight accessory that's built into our X2 and that'll be in, uh, also integrated into these lightweight glasses as well. So it can be used in low light situations as well. That's correct. So would you say your, your major competitor in this space would be a company like Vusix? Um, would they, and you know, cause they, they're obviously out there. Well, there are a bunch of companies in, in the space, Realware. Yeah. I think even, even Microsoft, I think these, this is an example of yeah. fishing where yeah. the fish are. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and I think definitely in the see what I see, see what I see space there are many companies. Um, but that's why we try to be really highly focused and targeted on this first responder space. And when we go to this first responder space, we're majority seeing that we're usually the only AR company that they've tested or the first time they're ever tested AR. So we try to make it very user friendly, give them a very good experience for the first time they're trying on AR. Um, and we're really focusing on this market um, and try not to be across many different markets. Um, so I think that's something that can also be helpful uh, for us. That's what we're seeing. When we were in the green room, Nick, you mentioned that you also have some military customers who are uh, also using the glasses. What can you tell us about that? Yes, so we have uh, US military uh, who has been using our previous version, our X2 mixed reality glasses, as well as they will use this version as well um, for things like remote training, remote maintenance. So we have uh, naval bases in Hawaii, for example, the US ARPAC has deployed about 20 of our glasses along with our uh, remote assistance software where they can look at um, an engine or a different machine part and bring up relevant information, a task workflow. So instead of carrying around a large manual, they could have a hundred step task workflow based in these classes and be hands-free while they're working through it. So that's primarily for the remote training, remote maintenance use cases, but they are a customer. We do have press case studies with them and they're seeing the benefits of this because it enables them to be hands-free. They have digital, digital twins uh, and create digital twins of different um, items and able to overlay AR information onto those digital twins. Um, so that's a big part. We're continuing to see a lot of traction in the field service um, industry. Uh, we're deploying that uh, worldwide to major customers. Um, and then we're really focused as well on this telehealth uh, first responder space as well. Got it. So it seems like a lot of your use cases are across these you know, heavy light industry and military. Do you have a vision that you'd want to sort of let people know about where you see a consumer trap for this? Because at a $600 price point and linked to um, 
whatever Android phone, you know, I, I presume you have a, a, a wide sort of acceptance of the Android phones that work with yes. this and the kind of use cases that someone would actually have as a consumer, which are vastly different than an enterprise or a, or a healthcare um, customer. What's, what's your- I mean, let's, let's stating it a slightly different way. What do you think it's gonna take for AR to become really uh, a wearable AR to become really attractive to consumers? How close do you think we are to that and what's it gonna take? Definitely. So I think in terms of the form factor, we're we're getting there. Um, these are very lightweight, and we're seeing other products in market that are that will be very lightweight. So I think in terms of ergonomics and form factor, making these look really cool for every household to have, um, we're very close to that. In terms of the app ecosystem, that's really the main point of, of is there are the benefits there to spend about six hundred dollars on these glasses for uh, normal daily use. I mean, we are working on things like displaying phone calls on the glasses. Um, there are many different gaming entertainment uh, offer partners who are making really interesting 5G related games, multiplayer games on the glasses that um, can help make these more pervasive. But I think we still are looking for kind of that killer app that um, millions of consumers would want to use AR glasses for. Um, we're definitely getting there. The app ecosystem is increasing. Um, the, the cross compatibility is increasing. That's that's another core uh, feature is that the app should be cross compatible across multiple glasses. So that will enable um, many users to use it. So we're Android 9.0 based. So we're totally open source and it's very easy to port applications and make it cross platform compatible. Um, but I think um, while they can use applications like telehealth, remote assistance um, for cons normal consumers, they would also really be looking for uh, some really daily use um, app um, that would make these worthwhile to get and connect to their phones. So there are many benefits on the healthcare space, like telehealth, um, helping the vision impaired, things like that, that people who need those use cases could use these glasses for and easily see the return on investment. Um, but for the majority of uh, people, I think they would, they're looking for uh, a really killer app that millions of people use. Agreed. Can I ask where your company is based out of and where you uh, manufacture and produce the glasses? Sure. So our company is based off out of Princeton, New Jersey. Um, that's where uh, we have about a 40,000 square foot office. The majority of our staff is there. We do have distributors and partners worldwide. We're helping uh, distribute our software and products worldwide. Um, in terms of the glasses, uh, our previous version, our X2 glasses were manufactured uh, by a partner in Taiwan. And these ones are manufactured by a partner in China, um, so it's pretty distributed. Got it. Yeah, that seems to be where the bulk of the the tech is coming from is is either mainland China or Taiwan, and and most of the manufacturers seem to have their builds outs there. That seems to be where the propensity of this technology uh, exists from a deployment standpoint. So interesting. It's great. We're very excited to see them and test them out in person and give you feedback. Thanks. Definitely. Yes. Go ahead. Sorry. Definitely, and we have some really uh, interesting. Uh, use case videos about showing how this technology is benefiting uh, first responders. That's really going to be a core focus for us this year. And we're working with some major cities nationwide. And I think we have some exciting uh, deployments, really large deployments that we hope to announce soon. Well, for, for we, we think it's admirable. Yeah, yeah, it's very admirable. We're excited. Nick, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for your time, everybody. Have a great weekend. Ted, as always, great to see you. Always good to see you too. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you.